Hey, welcome back to our podcast. Today we're talking about part two of Fahrenheit 451. And we noticed, like, Montag and other characters get angry a lot during this chapter. So we decided why not we focus on anger. Um, I'm going to start us off with, um, like, a section. Montag gets angry, really angry at Mildred on page 70. Um, and Mildred doesn't do anything to calm him down. And that's a little weird because later on in the chapter, we see her try and calm down one of her friends. So why do you guys think that Mildred wouldn't want to calm down Montag? I think it's because she's just done with Montag. I think she just... Because, like, she follows her friends kind of have a big impact on her and, like, her thoughts. And since her friends don't really care what happens to their husbands, I think she's kind of thinking, like, she wants Montag to go away. Because he's just being a nuisance now. Yeah, I don't think they really love each other or anything because of that flower test as well. And they just don't show any affection to each other. Another thing I found for the anger topic is that on page 93, um, they were talking about how the presidents, how they chose, or, like, which one they voted for. So, like, one of the girls was talking about how Hubert Hogue, which is one of the presidents who went up, was fat and didn't, like, dress to hide it. No wonder the, no wonder it was a landslide for Winston Noble. Even their names help. Compare Winston Noble to Hubert Hogue for 10 seconds and you can almost figure the results and so then Montag gets really mad after that and he asks them what do they know about Hogue and Noble and like and then they see that they were right there in the parlor always and like one was picking his nose the Hogue one so it's almost like the government is like setting up the people for who they want them to vote for because even in the parlor like one looked way better than the other one so basically, the government isn't giving them a choice, really. They're like, well, obviously this one sucks, so you just have to choose this one. They're not giving them a choice. One of the things that we see often throughout the book, um, and for example, in BD's lecture, they're like, oh, we don't want to give people enough time to think because thinking makes them unhappy. So this is just another point where the government is only trying to make people in the um, in their world happy, but not like really care about what the quality really of it, because yeah. they're always at war. So, who do you think Winston Noble is like to the government? Like, do you think he's an important character, or do you think he's just like another part of that whole government area? I think he's just like a side character, not very important. Um, because they were just talking about stuff, and I don't think it's really that important. So you think he's, like, not in control of, like, any of the government stuff, really? He's just, like, a figure that they want in control? Yeah, I think they just hired him or something, but I feel like the government has complete control. Um, one thing I wonder is, what is the government like now that, I like, everyone, they want to try and make everyone happy as possible? In our government today, we have ele- people who are elected by the people from each thing. So, like, Iowa's representative, Idaho's representative, Texas's 
representative, but when we talk, when they talk about elections, they're not like, oh yeah, I voted for Blah Noble because he seemed like a really good governor or a representative for our place. Um, and it's just something I noticed. They might not have any representatives at all, so it's just people predicting what they want. Basically, the people, on the higher-ups, are the only ones making decisions, and they're making decisions for people, which might have led Montag and other people to become unhappy. Okay, so another thing I wanted to bring up was on page 92, Montag says let's talk and then the woman jerked and stared how how are your children mrs phelps he asked you know i don't have any no one in his right mind the good lord knows would have children and mrs phelps not quite sure why she was angry with this man so it's just kind of interesting how angry she got about children like he was just doing like small talk out of anything and like she just got angry out of nowhere so why do you think she got angry <clears throat> um i've been look i've like we've been talking about like anger and i'm starting to see a pattern here like um Sunny pointed out she just suddenly rose to anger and the author even points this out not sh- quite sure why she was angry with this man it shows that the soci- that society has like much more weaker emotions than we do in our society today. They are just much easier to be provoked, noting how Montag gets angry so many times throughout the book that we've read so far, and how he's always up to like say, no, that's not how it, that's not right. Like for example, the flowers. He's like, no, I'm in love. I can't be. I am. I have to be in love. And he immediately gets angry after that. Or when um, Mrs. Phelps cries. Mrs. Phelps cries. She's just weaker emotionally. Beady, just talking about her dream. While that was intended to provoke, it still provoked him much too far. Yeah. Also, another thing I found confusing this story was Montag's confu- like conversation with Beatty on their way to their next destination. So what do you think about that? I think Beatty's just trying to change his mind about books because um, I think he thinks of them as like friends or buddies and he just wants them to lead him down like the right path, I guess. Do you think that Beatty is like with the government? Because he is like the captain. Do you think that has something to do with the government? I actually think yes, like, it's not something that is brought up much, but I think Beatty used to be, like, a big fan of books. Like, think about it. In her dream, she knows all of these quotes. She must have, in depth, looked and read in books, and how would they do that? That's illegal, and it's been for quite a while. And she also says, only the fire chiefs have known it, have known the past kind of thing. I think that she has, like, an access to, like, she's allowed to do book, like, read books, but she has a limit to it. She can't, like, read it just because she wants to read. She has to read it so that no one else will. Like, whenever I'm think if, if that is true, it reminds me of The Giver, where this civilization um, basically takes over most, a lot of the world, 
and they try and make everyone emotionless and unable to see color and such, except for one person who is, like, the giver or something, but he, the, they give him the name, the giver. He holds all the memories of the past, of all the wars, of color, of feelings, and no one else does except for one boy who becomes the giver's, like, assistant of sort. I'm feeling like that might be something of Beatty's job, to read books and make sure that no one else does. This book actually kind of reminds me of the dystopian fiction book I'm reading right now called Match, Matched. And it's kind of like that because in both of the books, the people, like just the average everyday citizens, are like either for the government or just don't care. Like both of them, none of the people are like really suspicious. And then there's one character who has like an influence that like ends up in both of them, the influence, which is Clarice in this book, and the other one, it's her grandpa, both of them are the ones who, like, open their eyes to, like, how this isn't really a fair society. So, what was your connection? Uh, mine was about Mildred and Montag, and how they don't seem to get along, and how they don't actually love each other. They seem like they would argue a lot, and I feel like in real life, they would get divorced really quickly. So, do you think that, like, everybody in this, like, society would pretty much be, like, a divorced couple in our world? I feel like a lot of people in this world would, like, get breakups, because, like, um, the Mildred's friends got, like, had, like, three ex-husbands, so it kind of shows that they break up a lot. Yeah, it kind of shows that, like you said before, one of you said, like, this is, or I heard somewhere, I don't know, was it in there? I don't know. It was, like, it's a loveless society, and so I feel like that's, like, it's it's from our class, but I feel like that's really accurate of what this story is mainly based around, how, like, it's just emotionless. Something I noticed the author put into this book is that, like, Beatty is, like, in charge. He's, like, a government official, like, talking to him. And, like, I don't know what Beatty's goal is, but the author put him in there to, like, pretty much add a lot of, like, a lot more pressure on Montag. So he either has to go all the way into his plan of, like, harming and, like, getting back reading books as, like, a right, or he's gonna do as Beatty says, and Beatty just, like, layers on that pressure that forces him into a decision, like, either disobeying or, like, sticking to the law. Yeah, I kind of think it's similar to Clarice, and, uh, she just, um, opened Montag's eyes about the society they're living in and starts questioning on their day-to-day life. So, one of the cool things that I thought the author did was the woman jerked and stared. It's a really short sentence, and this comes right after Montag is like, let's talk. It's something really small, but the way the author says it, it sounds as if, like, the woman... The women, 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 women are really confused and surprised. Like, why would I talk? Who actually talks? Kind of thing. So, like, 
people don't socialize in this society either. It's just, I mean, like, the way the author says it makes it seem like that. Maybe they do, maybe they don't, because later they start talking. But it seems as if talking is not a normal social thing that you would do. And that is very different from our society. Even in the ancient times, talking was a very important thing for humans to do. Yeah, that's why it makes me think that this society is like a really broken version of ours. So like many things that we normally do, like they just fade into like technology taking over and taking everything that we do away from us, like our speak, our speaking and like yeah. So yeah, guys, thanks for listening. We're excited for chapter part three, which apparently is actually the last one. So we're going to have to find something else. And we're really excited to talk about chapter three or whatever. Um, And I would like to thank you all so much. And I'll see you later.